If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. The trials and challenges of life take their toll on every couple. But you refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends. This is your life and your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is episode 48 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we are your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. This is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. So every week we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we'll have a whole lot of fun and laughter along the way. Oh yeah. I, my voice is totally a whole new level of sexy today. It is a whole new, honey, you bring a whole new level of sexy every day. You know what? Um, today on the podcast, we have author marriage, and marriage pastor Ted Lowe. He'll be talking about four ways to take awful <laughs> moments of marriage and make them amazing. He'll get to the bottom of why our spouse annoys us and stress the importance of Netflix in a relationship. Now we're talking. <laughs> we can get behind now that. You know what? Also in the show, he talks about the obscene. Okay. It is obscene, but he drops a stat about the amount of money that people spend on weddings each year. Yeah. Do you remember planning for our wedding? I, I do. You and my mom did mm, 60% of the planning. Uh, 90%. <laughs> Why did Danielle was just like, eh, whatever, I don't care. As long as I get my man. <laughs> well, yeah, really, what was it that you were doing all the details and I didn't? Most brides really care about all the details. I just didn't. Yeah. What was that? Uh, that sounds like your personality to me. Just that I don't care. Danielle's not the detail-oriented type. I'm not. You're right. You should have. That should have been your first clue. Yeah. You, you probably yeah, had clues before that. It's good. It works out in my favor often. Yeah, yeah it usually does. And then um, he talks about using his wife as a marriage guinea pig. Me? No, Ted does. Ted does. Sorry. Ted does. But you know what? You also did that when you started becoming a coach. Oh, so Justin yeah. became a coach before I did. And in those early years, um, I remember when we were teaching a marriage class and I actually announced to the class that you needed to stop doctor filling me. Which just sounds like an innuendo. But <gasps> innuendo. Oh, geez. Why did you have <laughs> to do that? Come on, you set me. I set you up and then you set me oh, up. That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, yeah. So today on the show, we have author and pastor Ted Lowe. Ted really encourages all of us to bring the best version of ourselves to our marriage and how to get the best relationship possible. He gives some really tactical, easy ways to make your marriage legendary. And we're so thankful to have him on the show today. Welcome, Ted Lowe. All right. So we are here with Ted Lowe from Married People. And he's also, it's also known as the Orange or Orange Conference. Yes. It's a nonprofit organization devoted to influencing those who influence the next generation. So kids and right. teens. Um, so before working at Orange, Ted, he was the director of Married Life at North Point in Georgia. And before that, a youth pastor at Saddleback. He lives in Atlanta with his wife of 23 years, Nancy Lowe, and their three kids. Welcome to the show, Ted. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm so, just, Justin has a fess up here. So, so <laughs> I, I don't know if you recognize this, but um, uh, you're one of our heroes. Uh-oh, you guys didn't tell me that pre-interview. I know, we're springing it on you. So, uh, in fact, Legendary Marriage wouldn't exist. If it weren't for Ted Lowe. If it weren't for Ted Lowe. What? Yeah. How is that possible? So, you and I have known each other for years. You just we didn't know it, Ted. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, I'm already, I'm already red-faced. So, okay, yeah. flashback to, I think, maybe 2008, 2009. And I was on maybe. staff at Gateway. And started doing a lot of marriage ministry stuff there. 
and came across your materials from Married Life at North Point. Right. And we had a couple conversations at that point. And I, I, I got a, like for 50 bucks, I think it was, I got a DVD that had all these great resources and animations and videos and stuff that we used in our monthly couples meetups and, and small groups and things like that. Oh, is that in DVD format, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or it might've been a CD. Oh, it was both, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was those resources. We went from about 30 people engaged a year to over 600 at any given time. That's awesome. Not sure what they're doing with that now because who knows? Honestly, it kind of fell apart in a way when, when I left, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But um, and it was the, the, the kind of core elements and some of it we're going to talk about today, but um, make marriage fun. Like it has to be fun. Woo-hoo! Absolutely. Bring in the guys. Mm-hmm. Like, do it in a way, create things in a way that, that makes it easy for, for, for guys to say, hey, that looks cool. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And um, make sure that people understand it doesn't have to be hard. Right. Like marriage can be complicated, but it's not hard. And those are kind of the three mm-hmm. guiding principles for mm-hmm. everything that we did uh, in, in our marriage ministry and small group ministry days. And a big part of what's kind of crafted the heart of what we do here. Mm, that's amazing. That so thanks. Is amazing. Oh, it, my pleasure. We're, uh, we were fun in our way, still fun in our way. So I'm glad it was helpful. Yeah. You know what? The, the whole like ma- the working on your marriage has to appeal to guys. Um, you know, I was listening to an interview you did about walking into a bookstore and that all the marriage stuff was all pink and frilly and had unicorns yes. on it and <laughs> people riding on tandem bikes and, you know, things like right. that. There will never be pink in our brand. Oh, and good. but good. You know, what's so important about appealing mm. to the guy thing? I think there mm. really is something to that. Yeah, you know, I think for us, like when we started, I, I want to say, and I don't know what the stats are now, at the time, which was 2001, I think it was 85% of all marriage books were purchased by women. And so, you know, the publishers are smart. They're marketing to their most likely consumer. I get it. But from, uh, from a church perspective or for, from a perspective of somebody who wants to reach married couples and, and not just sell things, we're like, we got to reach the guys because they're because they're the least likely consumer. Like, what do we need to do to appeal to them? And so we would create these fun events that that men and women would like to attend. But we would really hammer down, making sure men felt comfortable. And I never once had a woman afterwards say, "Hey, you know, it wasn't feminine enough, or it wasn't yes. romantic enough." But I'd always get the thank yous. You know, we worked. It was a, a church where a lot of ladies that worked at the office, their husband worked in the corporate world. And I would talk to them after events on like on Monday or Tuesday afterwards. And, and they would always, they would always say, thank you. Uh, he didn't want to come. I had to drag him there, but then he had a great time. So I feel like when we make it appealing to men, it really honors women as well. Yes. Well, and too, the Bible talks about, you know, that the men are to be like called forth as the spiritual heads, their household. And I think so many times, like as women, at least a lot of women that I talk to when their men are not stepping up as the spiritual head of the household, they just kind of have to take the reins and just go with it. It's not any malicious kind of a thing. It's just that, well, women have to take control if men aren't going to. Yeah, so I love that you're appealing to men. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes it easy for the ladies to to share something with with their husband and go, "Hey, babe, check this out. I want to do this." And he can go, "Oh, look, it's not rainbows and unicorns and bathing in puppy." So, uh, yeah, <laughs> bathing in puppy. I like I that. I, I like that. Justin. That could have gone dark really quick. <laughs> anyway. So, hey, Ted, so what was your marriage like in those beginning years? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I don't know how much you guys have read about that in the book. But, um, you know, I think for us, we were like a lot of other couples. We thought that we were the chosen two. Like, we thought we were going to be the ones that were different. You know, we kind of felt sorry for everybody else uh, because we were so special. Uh, and we got married and we realized that while we were unique, a lot of our struggles were the same. And what was confusing for me was how that there was a mixture of these really great moments, well, awesome moments and really awful moments. It, and it was also, it, you know, I was also amazed at how delicate it was that it seemed like it would take one little situation, one wrong look, one something to just 
you know, kill a day. Um, so for us, we, we kind of had both. We had great moments and not so great moments. And I was always curious to why that was. Sure. Yeah. And you, you have mentioned before, there are four ways to have those fewer moments of awful in your marriage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we wanted, you know, in the book, we wanted to increase moments of awesome and decrease the moments of awful. And so, um, you know, worked at a church for a really long time, been focusing on marriage, you know, primarily through the lens of the local church since 2001. And it, hit me about three or four years ago that I keep saying the same thing over and over. And that was, this may not be easy to live out, but it is easy to understand. And so when you look in the Bible, there's not a ton of uh, scripture. There's not a ton of verses on marriage. In fact, Paul calls marriage a mystery, which may be the only time in the Bible where the author just punts. Oh, that's a mystery. Don't even, don't even worry. <laughs> don't, don't even try to figure it out. It's too much. Uh, it's too much. It, it, it's just too much. And then he gives us just a few, uh, a few action verbs, you know, verses with the action in them. So uh, those four are have serious fun, which comes from Proverbs 5, when Solomon is doing what I call scaring the pants on his son uh, about adultery. And he's saying, you know, for 14 verses, you, you know, watch out, you know, you're going to get to the end of your life and say, man, I should have listened to discernment. And then he stops after 14 verses of, of don't and says, be uh, intoxicated with the wife of your youth, rejoice in her always. And so many times we laid out, lead out that marriage is such hard work, right? Which that's why we all got married, right? We all said, yeah, why know, did we get married in the first place? That's a really good question. What did you think it was going to be? Well, it, we said, you know, when we say that to couples, you know, Hey, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but then we don't tell them what that means. We, it's like walking up to them saying, Oh, you've got a really bad disease. And then you just walk away. Uh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. And so, pray, pray. pray. You'll be just, better. Just pray. Just, just pray all the time. But this, we said the best way to protect your marriage is to enjoy your marriage. And so I, I love this idea that what can protect people's marriage from the big bad bear of adultery is actually enjoying each other. It's actually staying connected. It's actually being intimate. And we call that, uh, we call them the core four habits. And that first one is have serious fun. Because people don't think of fun as essential. They think of it as extra, right? They think Well, it's, I mean, who's got time for it? There's bills, there's chores, there's all that. Who's got time for fun? Exactly. And they're, they're what I call fun barriers. You know, we, we do have some serious things going on. But it's like any other area where we need to take care of ourselves. You know, exercise is not an emergency, but it is essential. And so it's the same thing with marriage is making those essential investments into each other. To say, hey, when we take time out and we even spend money, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but to connect and be a couple, you know, we've got to have those investments. So when we make withdrawals, there's something there. And so, you know, I know it doesn't feel on fire for couples, but for your listeners, just say, hey, you know, enjoy, enjoy your marriage. Figure out what works for the two of you and have fun. It doesn't have to be fun for anybody else but the two of you. Yeah. I hear sense. you. I hear you also saying just that um, notion of. Yeah, your marriage isn't going down the tubes right now. It's not like a fire sale. There's nothing like that going on, but invest in it now. Yeah, that's the point to be investing in it. And how can couples like really receive that and get after it and not just go, oh yeah, we'll have fun next year or, you know, something. We'll work on our marriage, you know, if it's when the kids go off to school or whatever. Right, well, we're... Our first one is about to go off to college and we have two younger kids. And so we're, we're watching people that are about 10 years ahead of, you know, down the road from us. And it's scary when people get to the end of that and they go, we don't know each other and we don't know how to do life without the kids. Uh, We always say the best thing you can do for your kid is have a great marriage. And so, you know, I think it's for, it's one of those things that's easy to brush off, but I think if couples would just say, Hey, we're going to talk you know, we're going to choose the time. We're going to talk five to 10 minutes a day. This is going to be our time. It, I, one couple said their time is in the shower, which I'm going, that's awesome. And they're like, oh, it's not that way every time. But they, they go, we know that we can hang out and talk. Uh, is that time five to 10 minutes when you first get home? When is that time for you to talk? So then when you have date night, whether that's once a week, once every two weeks, all of a sudden, all the roommate stuff's kind of to the side, and now we can just hang out and enjoy each other instead of playing catch up on all the to do list. Does that make sense? So the shower time is time to talk about chores and you know to do list stuff. 
Is that what we're saying here? Well, it, for some couples, yeah. Well, it can turn into you know this couple. This yeah, it'll turn. It'll turn into other things. And uh, mm-hmm. but they said for the most part, it truly is time for them uh, to to connect. Here's you know, and some people they connect over. Hey, we're cleaning up the kitchen together, and we tell the kids to get out. Whatever whatever that time is. So all the roommate stuff, all the to do stuff is to the side. Yeah. So have fun together. Have fun together. And all right. So and, that's, and the, can't wait. Yeah. that's the number one key for uh, saying goodbye to those awful moments. So you had four yeah. of those. So we've got having fun. What else do we have here? Our Let's second go. one is, is love God first. You know, uh, as a believer, I feel like one of the best things that we can do uh, is, con- is connect with God by ourselves. And people think that's kind of weird, but we worked like, at a church where we had people that were going to be at different points in their faith or they were just, you know, they were closer with God at different points. We said, what would happen if people just were concerned with connecting with God on their own? Because I believe when I connect with God on my own, it postures me to love Nancy in a way I can't love her on my own. That when I sit down and I pray and I connect and I journal, I type my prayers on my computer because I was ADHD long before it was cool. Um, <laughs> that, that that's what makes me a better a better spouse for her. And so we say, you know, love God first. Cause you know, what do they ask Jesus? What's the most important? He says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, body, mind, then love others yourself. And I think the importance of that whole verse is the order of those two things, because when we love him first, it, again, it helps us to love each other. Uh, you know, cause it's a different level of grace. Well, yeah. also just, I, I love the taking the ownership of yourself because obviously you can't affect anybody's behavior, but your own. I mean, you can try to nag your, your spouse into whatever, but I, I love the idea of like, we'll go through times where we're like, right. We have a default, like we pray together every night before bed, but um, I like, can, I can fall into these phases where it's almost like a codependent thing. Mm. Like if, if Justin isn't there, well, then we're not gonna. I'm not gonna do pray, or mm. or if he's he's not into it for a season, well, then I'm off the grid too. And it's well, like, and it, and what? Let's be, well, let's be here. It's not because I'm the most articulate of prayers. 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 Prayer warriors. I don't know. I don't know, but I think we can fall into that. Well. If we're not going to do it together, then it's all or nothing. Well, yeah. then we're not going to do it at all. Well, and I and I think that uh, people people refer to it in different ways: and quiet time, or strategy time, or or self care, whatever it is. There, it is so essential to to be spending time in prayerful, meditative, like connecting with God in a way so that we're more connected to who we really are, yes. our identity in Christ, and show up with that. Mm. For, like our, for our spouses and our kids. No, I like that. I, I think too, when I've looked at so many things, a lot of things start as a couple you need to go do fill in the blank. And again, I think that defeats maybe half the people that are listening to you guys right now is saying, you know, if the answer is devotions every morning, even if the answer is prayer together, which is both great, great things, great things. But for those people that are listening that feel like, hey, my spouse is not there, there is great power in you becoming the best version of yourself. And that includes your relationship with God to say, okay, because it always takes two to keep a negative cycle going always, but sometimes one can stop it. And I think that's where, you know, I can't find anything in scripture that says as a couple, you need to, other than parenting, it says husbands do this and wives do this. And so I think there's a lot of power for us to own in our own marriage. because It's really easy to hear things like we're talking about today and think, man, my spouse needs to hear about that. <laughs> you know, boy, I'm so glad. Wait till I get this podcast to him or her. In reality, I think just as my friend says, draw a circle around yourself. And that's who you are in charge of changing. Yes. And I feel like too, a lot of times when it's received as like, oh, I'm going to show my husband this book or this podcast or whatever. It's almost met uh, with even more like no way, I'm not going to do that just because you told wait, wait, me wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> of the two of us, I am not the defensive one. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There's, there's your soundbite for your next podcast right there. Nah. That was yours. I love it. I love nah. it. Okay, so we've got. We're having fun. <laughs> we, we got, we got the God thing going on. What, what's got, our number three here? 
respect and love. I think there's a, there's a secular relationship, you know, Ephesians five tells us to mutual respect, you know, that we're living in this relationship with, wouldn't it be great if we live in this relationship of you first, no, you first, no, you first, no, you're first. And so there's this mutual respect that both men and women want respect at home at work and all these places. But the primary desire, the core need of a man is to be respected. That's what he craves more than anything. I said to Nancy one time, I said, now you realize I'd rather you respect me than love me. She goes, okay. I go, does that make sense? And she goes, not even a little. Uh, <laughs> but for, for, for me and, you know, Justin, it makes sense to us, right? That that's, that's just our core. And that's not an issue of hierarchy. That's an issue of heart. That's what his heart craves. And then there's... So that's like how you feel love is by being respected. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And, and I want to throw in there, and everybody receives and gives respect in different ways. Sure little little nuances that show up right well i think that's why so many you know so many men work too much is we gravitate to where we feel respected and we grab and work can be very tangible there you know we're doing well and so and we gravitate toward people that respect us and so um and with women they want to be respected but i think you know if the research is there and being married to sweet Nancy Lowe for for 23 years it is it's core to be unconditionally loved that she is protected. And a lot of times, guys, for us, the number one person we have to protect our wife from is us. Yeah. Like, because we're the ones that get too comfortable with our words. We're the ones that decide I'm going to be really frustrated in front of her. I remember when we first got married, I'd be frustrated about something. And then Nancy would get, it wouldn't be anything to do with her. <laughs> and she'd get really frustrated about that. And, and she I said, this isn't about you. I'm not, I'm not even talking. She said, I don't want to be in the room with it. And it hit me to go, whoa, like no one wants to be around that. No one wants uh, to feel that. And so I think for us as guys, we got to be really careful that she feels unconditionally loved and that guys feel unconditionally respected, which is a, it's a weird concept. Unconditional, you hear unconditional love and unconditional respect because some people may be listening. Go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm supposed to unconditionally respect him. Doesn't that have to be earned? I always say, go ahead and treat him. He's like the man that you want him to be. Uh, because what's rewarded is repeated, you know, catch him doing, catch him doing something great. Uh, you know, that's the firm believer, you know, we've made marriage so complicated and I think, wow, we just affirm each other. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I want you guys to do that right now. I want you to, can I do this? It's your podcast, but I, I just always like, <laughs> well, I, I you, know what, you know, what's really interesting about Ted, this Ted is like exactly what you just said in the last two minutes was the conversation that we had before we went on air this morning. Oh wow! Justin, Justin's stressed out about some other stuff and he's just mm. speaking very like directly and mm. very like a little bit louder in volume. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to be around. Like, I don't want that. Like, even though it's not directed at me, it's not about me. It just, it, it just makes me feel like, yeah, well, he's yeah. taking a moment right here. He's taking a moment. But um, so anyways, thank you, Ted, for that, that word of wisdom and perspective. But I do want to say, I will affirm you, honey, even though you were driving me crazy before we went on air. Um, I love that you are so passionate about marriage and so passionate about pretty much everything that you do that you get worked up into a frenzy about everything that you're passionate about. Mm. Um, so it's passionate. Oh, to the nth degree. To the to nth degree. To the nth degree. I don't mm. know of anybody who has more passion. Mm. Love that. Mm. All right. You're wearing nice shoes today. So moving on. I'm wearing, yeah. I'm not even wearing yeah. shoes. <laughs> I'm in my bare feet in the comfort of my own home. Don't Come on, honey. Dig a little deeper. Um, your defensiveness. The, the, what? Wait, 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 wait. I don't like how hey, this is starting hey, out. Hey, hey, let me, <laughs> let me. Come on. Just. Okay. Come on. The, the, the defensiveness isn't the thing. Um, what it really is, the, the glory there is you are fiercely protective of of us of our home of our kids of our vision for what we want together and i absolutely love that well done don't get in the way ronelia well done yeah that's (laughs) i love it we needed that this morning and in conclusion our interview is over beep there you go
There you go. <laughs> oh, wait. He still has one more point to make. <laughs> yeah. And this is this one. I, I love this one. So, the practice your promise. Tell us about that. Yeah, we spent $72 billion last year in this country on weddings. So that's equals to me. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, did you hear that? 72 billion? I I just need a minute to breathe because it like sucked the oxygen out of me. 72 billion. That averages out to be 30 grand per wedding. Uh, And whether you spent a thousand or 60, I think that... I actually broke the internet when I Googled how much do people, I did. I Googled how much do people spend on their marriage? There's no stats, right? So I, we say this all that, that marriage is not about the big day, that it's about the everyday. Uh, and we promised some pretty amazing things. I always like to take people back to when the, to their wedding, because someone, we made someone else, we convinced someone else that they could trust us with their heart for a lifetime. Like you, if Nancy Lowe is going to be happy in this lifetime, a lot of it is going to be because I choose to help make that so. Not in a codependent way, but just I'm going to be the number one relationship in her life. If she's going to feel romance, it's going to be because I choose to give it to her. If she's going to feel affirmed, it's going to be because I've chosen to do that. So for us, we, we say we want to give couples less content more often. That's why I love about your guys' podcast. It's like, okay, today we're going to look at this so somebody can take a breath and go, oh, okay. Here it is. It's not the mountain of content. Here's the one thing. So I think it's just loving each other in these small ways. You know, it's it's doing what you guys just did right then. It's the affirming each other. It's, you know, leave a post-it note. Leave six post-it notes this week and affirm your spouse. Those things matter. Um, and we make marriage way too difficult. We just think, man, when we affirm each other, it's it's just powerful. But we get to choose to do that. So just, just practice what you promised on that big day. And people are always like... Man, they've changed since we got, you know, they're different than when we got married. Of course they are. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to change, you know, or I didn't Wouldn't sign up for this. if we were still the 25 year old versions oh of ourselves? I, Lord I, I, help me. Oh, I might've looked better, but I was not nicer. I'll put it that way. And so, yeah, we want people, you know, of course you change. Um, we want that. Uh, we want that change or they'll say, you know, well, this is not what I signed up. This is more difficult than I thought it was. Of course it is. So it's the thing of going, don't do that. Just love, just love in those basic everyday moments, those times that, that they need it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, 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 that, I feel like that's a big piece of the crucible that is marriage. Just the notion of being there to, to call one another forth. And I love, uh, speaking of the crucible idea that Justin just brought up, um, you had mentioned that the marriage, that your marriage, (laughs) it's sometimes like people think that your spouse brings out the worst in you. Um, But actually your marriage is the place where a lot of your growth happens, whether it's individually or whether it's together. And it's like, how do you switch that mindset from I'm going to kill you this morning because you're bringing out the worst in me to I'm going to use this to, you know, grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things it hit me one day, I, I thought our spouse isn't really bringing out the worst in us. They're revealing what's broken in us. They, you know, they're revealing our brokenness because there's something about, you know, marriage is the most intimate relationship on earth, more than our kids, more than with our parents, more than with our friends. It's, it's to the point of, of oneness and the point of being so close. And so things matter. We just, what they say matters. You know, someone can flip us, flip us off on the freeway and that's kind of aggravating and frustrating, but man, you walk in, your spouse flips you off. We got, we don't, we don't talk. This is about, this is going down. And so I think it's one of those things to say, you know, why did that push my buttons so bad? What is that revealing in me? One of the things we do is we try to help couples understand what they're really fighting about. Uh, because it's not about the lawn, whose turn it is to do the laundry. It's not about finances. It's about something deeper. And so uh, we've created this tool that kind of helps couples to do that. And when they get it, it's just powerful. Like, you know, for us, what it unpacked for me was the lie on my heart was the button she was pushing me is that you were defective. I grew up, somebody told me every day of my life, something's wrong with you. You're defective. Mm-hmm. And for her, it was, I'm pushing the button that she didn't measure up. Well, I was the one that wrote that lie on her heart. 
I'm the one that made her feel like she didn't measure up. One of our first few years of marriage, I was just always, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. And finally, it just, we just broke and we had to dive in and figure out what this was. And we had some very smart people to help us do that. But I think it's when someone's pushing your buttons or you watch your spouse and their reaction doesn't match the situation. I feel like those are those moments where you go, ooh, that's telling me something. And we kind of like those moments when the reaction doesn't match the situation because we're kind of like, we finally feel right completely. Like, they totally overreacted. I know that 100%. But I think the braver thing to do is to go, wait a minute. What button is this pushing in her? What, where's, where's this coming from? And it's really kind of, you know, in those moments when you're past the drama, it's to say, why is it when we talk about money, why does it hurt you so bad? What, what's the fear there? What's, what's the pain here? And so I think if we can be brave and be the hero, but those are when we turn those moments into frustrations, into growth. This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Through Every Storm campaign. Now, the recent hurricanes got us thinking storms do come along. I mean, physical storms like Harvey and Irma, but also relational storms. Yeah, and in either case, preparation is key. The best time to prepare for a storm is when it hasn't hit yet, before there's even a cloud in the sky. And it's even possible to prepare for storms in your marriage. Yeah, when we first got married, I felt like we were always in reactive mode. Like any little bump in the road caused us to be caught off guard. For us, it was a career shift. It was a total catastrophe. We'd pump the drama up to 11, yell the roof off the joint, or, you know, just walk on eggshells trying to avoid any real interaction. And then we found some tools that really worked for us. And those tools gave us a way to be proactive instead of reactive, to start using simple ways to listen and to be heard and to seek the heart of each other. So we've created a brand new free resource for families, the Legendary Marriage Family Emergency Plan. So we share some tools that will get your marriage prepared for the storms that come along. Yeah, whether it's the weather outside or the clouds that are gathering in your bedroom, the Family Emergency Plan will give you the tools to have some powerful conversations that'll get you on the same page. And as a bonus, we're going to include an emergency supplies list to get your home prepared for the next storm. This is a resource that we think every family should have for the conversational aspect, but because there are some real practical, tangible resources there to help you be prepared in the case of an emergency. And now back to part two of our interview with Ted Lowe. Um, let's just have an empathy for each other. One of the things we do at our house and somebody taught us this year to go is I have a picture of Nancy when she was a little girl. And I just think she's just that little girl all grown up, you know, and parts of her have grown up and parts of her haven't and parts of her are wounded. And so um, it's just, how do you have empathy? And that's one of the ways that we do that is just think back, you know, God has entrusted your heart to each other. Are we taking good care of it? I love your idea of the debrief after the fact of the conflict, because a lot of times you get in the the back and forth, the heated fellowship, as we say, (laughs) and then, um, you know, there's usually one person that wants to stay and, you know, keep going at it. And then there's one person that's like, I can't even handle it. I'm out of here. And, you know, one person can feel abandoned or the other person feels unfinished. Like what, what is that about? I think it's okay to put a pause on a conflict in, in an effort not to like really hurt each other (laughs) and uh, get control and then come back and say, Oh, now we can be curious. What is that really about? Cause in the moment Mm -hmm. you're not curious, you just want to go for the jugular or you want to (laughs) hide at the table. (laughs) So so nothing's happening. Good. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, John Gottman, you know, probably your guys' hero too on research. Sure. Uh, that that's the one thing you bring up John Gottman, and no one's really arguing whether he's right or not. He's you know he knows how to do that research, doesn't he? But one of the things that he said that always stuck with he said one of the things ha- happy couples have this thing he calls repair tent. Um, and you guys probably you know I've just heard that so many times that happy couples have this thing of going, oh, this is about to go in a bad direction, and there's some kind of hey, let's take a timeout, or whoa, whoa, we're on the same team, or hey, I need you know to go walk the dog, and there is no dog, um, you know, but it is 
It's the just invisible dog. Invisible. But just, you know, you think about it. Couples aren't only really talking about important things in the middle of a fight. You're going, Mm-mm, that's not good. I mean, even what your body's going through on a biological standpoint during that with blood pressure going up and cortisol and all this stuff, you're just set up to lose. Uh, but like when you guys do your intensives, you're able to talk to people about really deep things because they're not set up. Their bodies aren't set up to lose. They're sitting there going, Oh, we're here to be helped. And so they're calm and they're listening to you guys mm-hmm. and you go, wow. It's, and they're, I think I've watched, they're amazed that they can talk about things. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, you just talking about them in the wrong time to see just, it's just things like that, that we don't know. No one teaches us. Yeah. No one teaches us how to do this stuff. So that's why I love what you guys are doing. It's going, hey, let's, you know, let's just, walk line alongside somebody because a lot of us didn't see healthy marriages a lot of us don't have friends with healthy marriages and so it's like okay we need some friends and i feel like that's what you guys are doing like we're not going to be perfect we're going to be a set of friends that are going to be honest with our relationship and love you guys and walk with you and just fellow strugglers who want to make it work may want it to be great yeah legendary in fact (laughs) uh, yeah i think so much is it we we see the example of unhealthy conflict uh, and somehow we create this pattern that the only time in a marriage we actually talk about the things that matter are when we're in uh, an active conflict, when the safety's off and there's, <laughs> oh, right? Let's go say it. Uh, that's when the safety's off. I've never heard that's brilliant. That's exactly, I agree 100%. That's I, going to I don't do. mean like I'm not trying to make a like we, we just we're just coming a, a week later from from this mass shooting in Vegas. Oh, and yeah. I'm not yeah. making a joke about that in any way, shape or form. No, no, but no. It, it really is about creating a, a safe and courageous container so that you can have those conversations. That's what we do in an intensive. That's what we do mm. in coaching. And and uh, it's it's just something that we don't see mm. modeled in marriages outside of counseling and coaching and things like that. Yeah, I feel like you can have a lot more fun and success in your marriage if you set the stage ahead of time for, you know, like you said, a safe, courageous space to like be together and have conflict. And, you know, and if you set that stage ahead of time, it's going to be... Your your, your marriage is going to be a lot easier. And I know you always speak to the, you know, marriage isn't that hard, you know. There are some easy things that you can do. Speak to that a little bit. Like, what are some of those easy things our couples can do to have a great marriage? Yeah. So if if Nancy would say that she's the male in the relationship, our relationship, uh, and so I actually interviewed her for a whole small group series, and so I was expecting for her to expound on some things. And I said, I said to her, I said, you know, what's the key? And she goes, be kind. And she stops. And I was like, end of interview. You want to expand? She goes, not really. We used to be unkind and now we're kind. And, and truly, um, cause they're speaking to the issue of safety. We can come home and home can be a safe place to either treat our spouse any way we want to, cause they'll take it or safe because, Oh, we're the safest two people on the planet for each other that we're, that we're so safe. So I think safety is huge. I think kindness is massive. I think of a lot of people, if they would treat their spouse with the same amount of respect and kindness and consideration, they do coworkers, their marriage would do a 180. Um, so I think there's, I think there's those pieces. And again, we've talked about, uh, the fun piece, but, um, I think one thing, I'll be some dear friends that came over our house. This has been about seven or eight years ago, and they were really struggling and fighting about whether to stay in their current house or move to the next one. So we were like, okay, these are real first world problems, but hey, problems nonetheless. But they were about to go on a vacation, just the two of them. Uh, And they didn't know if they wanted to go because they were afraid that they were going to fight about this house thing. And I asked them, I said, why don't you take a vacation from talking about the house? And these very smart people looked at me and said, can we do that? And it really hit me that people feel like if there's an issue in their marriage, that they don't have a marriage, that they don't have a relationship until we resolve our issues, until we get through this, until we you know, talk this through that, that our marriage, it's not going to work. And I just think you, your relationship is more important than any issue that you have. Now, there's issues we need to work through. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time you go, you know, the two of us trump those, the two of us are more important than whether we should move or whether we should stay. And we, there'll be some things about Nancy that I won't understand until heaven. And she would say the same thing about me. 
I mean, there's just, she's the neatest human on the planet. Our junk drawer has dividers, which I tried to explain to her, but it's very That's hilarious. And if you oh. want a dart in your neck, just leave a cabinet door open. I mean, it, she, uh, and I don't, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but there's just things like that that we won't understand. She won't understand that I don't, why she has to tell me three times what I have to pick at time I have to pick up the kids. You know, she doesn't get that. Like, learn it once, Ted. Learn it once. Uh, but I think it's this thing of, you know, we try to teach people how to communicate. Here's my needs. Where sometimes I'm going, is that really a need? Like, if he's making you mad that the sh- he leaves his shoes there all the time. Uh, is the big need for you to communicate the best way how to remove the shoes or you just give it up? And if you're the one leaving the shoes, pick up the stinking shoes. Like, just... Do you want, is it worth damaging the relationship over? Is this really the hill I want to die on? And you can have hills you want to die on, but don't create so many hills. You got a mountain range between you. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of it, just let it go. Let it go. Are you going to break into song here, Ted? Come on, do it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. No, his kids are older. He probably doesn't watch those kind of. I got a twelve-year-old daughter who's forever my princess, and so Mm. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, she's the sweetest. You do date nights with your daughter too? We do do date nights with my daughter. I uh, remember um, my friend had a suit from um, what's what was the Princess and the Frog? Like he, they're really into Disney, and so they dressed up. He had this big prince from uh, I think like enchanted outfit. So I put it on and I went and rang the doorbell and my wife had her dress in her princess in the frog and, and I got to pick her up. Well, we're driving to the movies for me to take her to see princess in the frog. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm about to have to walk in a movie theater with this outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm, and it was like, Oh, it was so fun in my head. It was a Tuesday at three. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, but she talks about that a lot. She still she still remembers that. But she she still loves doing daddy dates. I mean, my boys, like it's like I have a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, like to hang out with them, it's tough, man. They don't want to hang out with me. And so I have to really figure out what those if you call them dates, you're not having one for sure. Yeah. With, with them. But yeah, it's it's so important. Uh, you know, and I tell her brothers all the time, going, You're teaching her how men should treat her. Uh, and so you need to be careful with her, which they don't get this hard, but they're, as they've gotten older, they've gotten, they've gotten better. Well, I know you're a big advocate of date nights, you know, with your wife too. What's your favorite date? What's your favorite kind of date? Or, you know, do you have a lost in your memory? Well, what's funny is Nancy will say, we'll go out on a date and she'll say, can we not do like, would you rathers? Like uh, she's like, she tells me, she, she goes, I'm not an expert a marriage expert. I'm just a marriage guinea pig. Like you're the one that's going to try out all the new tricks and all the new things <laughs> on marriage. So her gift is me not asking her, like she ever goes, can we, can I ask you something? She, she's like, Oh no. I mean, she's told, she's the total guy in the relationship. So for her, it is, can we just go have fun without go, going too deep sometimes? Cause that tends to be my, uh, we run together too. We actually love to do that. Uh, now that our kids are older and we can do that, it's easier. It's, you know, when your kids are little, it's, you got to really be intentional. You got to make, you got to trade with your friends in terms of, uh, having babysitters and different things. So it's easier now that our kids are bigger. Uh, but even then it was, we laughed. I mean, we went off on a two day vacation, two days, if you can call it two day vacation. And I remember we stopped at the convenience store and we looked at each other. Oh, we can both go inside at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, man, the bar is really low. The bar is really low. But for us, it was like, <laughs> we get to go to the convenience store. So, you know, I don't think it has to be big deal things. I, uh, the name of the book is Your Best Us. And the reason I did that was because I feel like we, especially in Christian world, we've elevated some kind of perfect couple up here that the rest of us normal people have to be. And I think, no, God's writing a really unique story about the two of you. I mean, there's no other us just like the two of you and you're writing this great story. So if it's fun for you, then it doesn't have to be fun for anybody else. I think when people want to say this, you know, we like to uh, binge watch shows, the two of us. And the great thing is you can pause and you can talk about it and the things. And I know people are very anti TV for us. We like shows. We laugh and we, rewind and uh we're into this the show this is us uh we love we love that show i mean again it 
spurs so much conversation and just she's crying. I cry more than she does, but it's, you know, it's what, what, what are those things that connect the two of you? And some people are like, ah, they don't know anymore because it's been so long and they go out and it feels like relational ice skating again. Like, uh, especially you said, we can't talk about the kids or, uh, but just to say, it doesn't require perfection, but it does require participation. So if somebody's kind of entering back into the fun world or, um, it's okay. That it feels clumsy. It'll, it'll take a little time to poise work that wants you to, you know? I love that yeah. you, you binge watch together. Um, just to know, we just nailed the whole, all the seasons of Gilmore Girls. And yes, Justin. Danielle fell asleep. I sobbed my way through the end of Gilmore Girls. I literally woke up last night at like midnight episode. and I'm like, Justin is sobbing next to me in bed. And I'm like, what is going on? And I roll over. I'm like, honey, you okay? What's going on? I just finished Gilmore Girls. <laughs> pile of tissues on the ground. There's, you know. I'm like, are uh, you kidding me? Not, it, First yeah. of all, I'm like, you finished it without. <laughs> and yeah. No, 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 no. No, I said you could. I no. said you could. I yeah. said you could because I was super tired. She yeah. rolled over to go to sleep, and I was like, uh, "Am I, I am I betraying you if I watch the end of this?" <laughs> and I was so tired. I just said, "Just but, do and it." It wasn't so much that the yeah. story um, was so deeply moving. It's a great. It's a great story. If you have never watched the show, it's a, it's a great show. Um, but, uh, the reason we love stories is they connect us to our own story. Nice. And there were just a few things in there that story. And now we have a new anchor point conversation point mm. to, for her to go. So what was going on there? Oh, wow. And when I'm yeah. ready to share that, we'll have a great conversation about it. So I, I, we love mm. watching shows sometimes too. You're still a little clump, honey. You still need a couple days. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would be me. Oh, I know. <laughs> good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. What well, you know, TV used to be that thing where you told everybody to shut up. You know, it came on at at a certain time. Nobody could talk. If you missed it, it was gone forever. Uh, and now, if I think it is these point of conversations, you can watch when you want to watch. You can, uh, and again, it, it helps you connect. I we finished Parenthood, and did, oh my. Everybody kept telling me to watch that whole series. And, I was, and I'd seen little bits and pieces. And I was like, ah, it feels a little contrived to me, whatever. And then finally I was like, okay, dude, I'm sunk. I was, but I yeah. was gone. And by the end of it, I'm a mess. Could be right. It's their story connecting, you know, to your own. If he loves Parenthood and This Is Us, I think Gilmore Girls should be next oh, on the okay. Lauren Graham. It's like, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. it, it's got a lot of the same people. You, you'd uh. love it. All right, Ted. So um, tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, you know, what are you most proud of about it and where are we going to be able to find it and all of that? You know, I work at an office that's full of millennial employees. And so when they brought me the comp of the book and it was really thin, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've spent my whole life writing. It looks like a pamphlet. Uh, and kind of showed it to, again to the people around the office. And you know, for millennials, are, it's, it's right at 100 pages. Uh, so kind of the tag is for marriage book for the people that don't like marriage books. Uh, and it's been people, they, you know, we tell them not to eat the whole thing in, in one sitting, but a lot of people have, they've read the whole thing, you know, on a vacation trip or, um, so I think just watching people feel freed up to, Hey, it's not as complicated as we've been led to believe. And just, and just have some relational wins because a lot of people haven't had one in a really long time. So yeah. if these little, you know, once you have a win, you're like, wow, when I affirm it really matters. Or, or when I give that, you know, when I say I love my spouse more than I love being ragged. I mean, it's just those moments. And so it's been really fun. You get feedback and you hearing that from couples and, you know, people saying that they're giving it to friends or giving it to younger couples. I, I get really excited about that. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun watching that happen. Yeah. Well, I know, like I said, at the top of the show, we are so grateful for you and your work over the, the last decade, really. Um, so old. Uh, yeah. and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the stuff that you were doing way back then and and we followed you for a long time and so we're grateful for that and we're excited about the book uh the book is called your best us by mr ted Lowe. you can find information on that at yourbestus.com and uh, where, where will they be able to pick up a copy you know if they go to tedlow.com and it's l-o-w-e 
they can find they'll find the podcast there. They can find the book there. Uh, it's, it's on Amazon. We did an audio. There's an audio book for people that are like me and just want to listen to it in the car uh, that have more listening time than they do uh, read time. Uh, so yeah, we've kind of tried to make it super easy in that in that way, allowing people to do that. All right, Ted, thanks for being on the show today. Danielle, Justin, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm just going, you know what, you're pulling this off and you know, you're trying to manage family and daughter, your daughter downstairs and stuff. You guys are killing it. You're killing it. You're killing it. So thank you for doing what you're doing. I love how he's just very pragmatic about you get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> yeah. You want to have a fun marriage? Be fun. Have fun. Just be fun. Just you, be fun. You want to have a marriage that's godly? Read the Bible. Yeah. Pray. There, yeah. I mean, we're joking about it, but it really is true. Like it, it, everything is a decision. Make a decision to have fun, to communicate about things, to go and do things together to create the kind of marriage you want to have. And even if it's just one of you at this moment, yeah. you can only work on yourself, bringing your very best version of yourself to the marriage. That's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. Sometimes that's the way it is. So, hey, here's a challenge for you. I want you to grab some post-it notes. You probably have some sitting in your home office, maybe in the kitchen, uh, somewhere around the house. And if you don't, they're, they sell them at these things called stores. And... <laughs> And I want you to take some post-it notes and practice this week, leaving just brief notes of affirmation for your spouse. I love that. Can they be like heart-shaped pink ones? Uh, You can make them any kind of post-it notes you want, but you're just going to write one word or a few words on it and stick it someplace on the the alarm clock, on the mirror in the bathroom, um, on their underwear, in their underwear drawer, Ooh, any place. Getting racy there. All right. I like it. So oh, there's wait, your no, not that kind of racy. There's your challenge. Get out the sticky notes and get sticking. Get sticking. And then come join our conversation in our free community on Facebook. Yeah, it's a private community for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming marriage from ordinary to legendary. Yeah, just search for Legendary Marriage Group or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash zero four eight. Don't forget to jump on iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.